Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Recently, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we were just talking through some stuff that we'd been going through, um, mainly because as we were chatting, our stories sounded very similar to each other's. And we just spoke about some of the challenges, some of the hardships, some of the, 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 just the stuff in life that we'd been going through over the last while and um, just how we were trusting to, to move beyond that and just really start engaging with a, 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 a new future, start engaging with the hope that is available for our lives to see a better future uh, than what we were experiencing in the moment. Um, and it was a great conversation. It was actually quite a, quite a, a, if I can say, an uplifting conversation for the both of us. Uh, well, a couple of days later, he sends me a scripture with a couple of thoughts. Um, and he's like, hey, I know we were chatting along these lines. I just read this this morning, wanted to pass it on to you. And I really feel like it speaks into our situation, speaks into your situation. And um, which it did. It really, really did. And uh, as I read it, it really just encouraged me. It encouraged me so much that I figured I should share it with you. Um, but in order for me to really have the scripture land and the gravity of what this passage of scripture said to me um, and what I'm hoping it's going to communicate to you today, uh, I kind of need to just set it up. You need to give it a bit of context. You need to give it a bit of background. Um, it all starts off with a man by the name of Job. Um, now, Job lived thousands of years ago. Uh, chances are very good that his lifetime was around about the same time as the book of Exodus, uh, sorry, Genesis. Um, so really, really early, early on. And um, Job was, was, was a guy who had everything. He had the family, he had the, the, the business, he had the house, he had the health, he had relationship with God, he had everything going on for him. In fact, uh, at the start of the book of Job, um, it, it starts off by describing Job's life like this. It says, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Like I said, it sounds like he had it all. Healthy family, I mean, seven sons, three daughters, um, happily married. That in itself is incredible. On top of all of that, he sounds like a New Zealander because he had 7,000 sheep. Um, probably wasn't, but sounds like it. Uh, he had a boatload of camels, over a thousand oxen. I mean, 
insane wealth, especially for its day. That would have been wealthy today, but in its day, I mean, that was insane. And to cap it all off, his integrity is intact and he has good relationship with God. I look at that and I go, man, what more could you really want? Now, I'm not going to get into all the details of everything surrounding the life of Job. I so want to encourage you, though, to go and read it. Go check it out. Um, go read the book of Job. It's, it's early on in the, um, it, it's in the, in the Old Testament, so the first part of the book. Um, go read it for yourself. I'm going to be straight with you. Some of it is mind-blowingly depressing. Um, but the beautiful part of the book is the fact that it can be that depressing for so long and then to see the restoration at the end is what really caps it off. And that's the part that we're wanting to focus on here today is that, yes, he had this incredibly happy family. He had great wealth. Uh, his health was strong. He had good value and integrity going on in his life and at the same time, great relationship with God. And then one day, he lost it all. Um, one day, his family was wiped out. Only his, him and his wife remained. Um, the same day, his livestock was, was taken out. Uh, his house was destroyed. A couple days later, his health was attacked and went for a ball. And in a series of a couple of events over a series of a few days, Job's life changed from being the man who had everything that everyone wanted to be to being the man that no one wanted to be because of what he was facing. And part of the, 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 the entire point of the life of Job and the, the story of Job is that through it all, through all the stuff that Job went through, Job held on to his hope in God. At one point, he even said, man, even if you slay me still, I will love you. And I can't help but think to myself for your life and for my life, how many of us would be in that sort of scenario and still look at it and go, even though I'm facing all of this stuff, even though like i got all these boils and my health's falling apart and I've lost my, my kids and I've lost my, my, my work and my wealth and all of these things. In the light of all of this, oh man, I still love you. And yet Job finds himself in that exact space. He still held on to his hope in God. And through all of it, he comes out on the other side and God brings about restoration in his life. And here's the, the portion of scripture that this friend of mine sent to me that I'd like to share with you today. We're right at the book, we're right at the end of the book of Job. In Job 42, it says this, it says, So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. 
And as I read that for myself, I was like, man, no matter what we go through, when God comes and restores, when God comes and, and heals, when God comes and, and does what only God can do, He does it completely. He does it fully. And this friend of mine, he, he jotted a couple of, of thoughts down to this, this scripture. And, and the first thought that he, that he, um, he jotted down was, was this. He, he, he just texted me and he said, you know, with God, the good old days cannot compare to what lies ahead. The good old days cannot compare to what lies ahead. And that got my mind racing, man. Because let's think about it. The truth is, how often don't you and I look back on the good old days and we end up glorifying them? We end up seeing them through this filter that isn't even real. <laughs> like we forget that, that, that life was happening during that time as well. You know, in our minds, we think to ourselves, man, if, if only, you know, life worth was in that space again, in that era again. We look back on our fond memories that we had during that time and we wish that we could just live in that time frame again. And we forget about the hardships that were attached to that time frame. We forget about the struggles that were attached to that time frame. We forget what might have been happening around us socially, politically, economically, we possibly even forget that people who don't look like us, sound like us, believe like us, that it's very possible that during that time, while we were living our best lives, they were suffering. We sometimes forget those things about the good old days. And all we can think of is the good old days. And we see it through a certain filter. And we look at the challenges that we face and it's so easy for you and for me to feel overwhelmed the challenges that you may be facing right now in your family the challenges that you may be facing right now in your work or in your friendships or the challenges that we face nationally within our government or politically it's not hard for us to kind of get locked onto those and just focus on that I want to take it one step further and say that if you're a Jesus follower watching this today, that it's easy to start wondering if the God of the good old days is still the God of today. It's not hard to slip into that space, you know, to slip into a space of starting to question and, and wonder, man, has, has, has he somehow lost his supremacy? Is he still the God of hope? Is he still the God of restoration? Is he still the God of power? Like, is he still that same guy that we experienced back then or the same guy that we read of back then? Is he still that same God? And I believe that so often as we're asking those questions, that the answer to this is, is often found in what I'm focused on. Uh, remember I said oftentimes we see the good old days through a filter, through a certain lens. You know, so are we viewing life through the lens of our past success, those good old days? Are we viewing life through our current struggles, 
Or do we view life through his future hope for you and for me? And as we consider those three options, in reality, we should be viewing our lives. We should be looking even at our current circumstances through His future hope for us. We should be looking at the future of our lives through God's future hope for our lives. The the second thought that this friend of mine had jotted down, he just said, we should not live in the past, but we should look forward with hope. And for me, that speaks into what we've just said. That we, we, we shouldn't live in the past. We shouldn't either glorify the past or allow the bad stuff from our past that wants to anchor us down and hold us down, allow it to do that. The funny thing is the good things of our past can also anchor us down. Because we think, oh, it's as good as it's ever going to get, so I may as well just give up now. Rubbish. No. No. There is hope for you moving forward. There is hope for me moving forward. You see, the past isn't our destination. It's not our promised land. (laughs) The, the, The past is not our destination, guys and ladies. It's our training ground. It's our boot camp. It's our gym. It's that place where we, where we train. It's that place where we are strengthened. It's that place where we are, where we are forged and molded and shaped for the future that God has in store for you and in store for me. It's, it's that space where we learned. It's that space where we grew. It's that space where we gained wisdom and strength and insight. You may notice that I'm speaking in the past tense. Why? Because it's not where we meant to camp out. We should look ahead with hope. And Jesus himself spoke into the the hope that we can have in God. As Jesus spoke and as he taught, he he said this. he He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't, do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What's he speaking into there? Jesus is speaking into the hope that we have in God's promise for our lives. And this, what Jesus says here, it really highlights Jesus' promise of, of inner peace and security for you and for me. To those who believe in him. Providing us with a a source of hope. Even in the troubles and the hardships that we may face. Jesus also speaks into the hope that we can have in the power of God in our lives. Where where again he's, he's teaching and he's speaking to the people. And he says this. He says, with man this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And here he's just emphasizing the limitless power of God and the hope that can come from just trusting in his ability to work all things for good. 
the other hope that Jesus speaks into is our hope in eternal life. Our hope in life after the lights go out on the side of eternity. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And this speaks to, to the hope of, of eternal life through faith in Jesus for you and for me. And this should provide us with comfort and with a reason to hope beyond this temporary life on earth. The next little statement that my friend had written down, he said, you know, God is able to restore and bring you into a new and better season. And I kind of chewed on this one for a while. I kind of chewed onto it for a while because it almost sounded a little bit prosperity gospel to me. I'm just being honest with you. And I, I'm, I'm going to be straight. I'm not really into that stuff. But as I chewed on it, I, I thought to myself, man, okay, God is able to restore and, and bring us into a new and better season. And then considering the life of Job and that, that, that verse that was attached to all of this, you know, where it just said that the, the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the first half of his life. I stopped and I considered what it had listed in the, the, the wealth of Job's life. And it didn't start off with possessions. It didn't start off with fickle and frail things that can be here today and gone tomorrow, no. It spoke about his integrity and it spoke about his relationship with God. And as I, as I read that statement that their friend of mine had sent me through that filter, Going, okay, God is able to restore and bring you into a new and better season. I realized it's not the temporary stuff. No. It's, it's the things that matter. It's the things that we just read about. Those promises that, that Jesus made of hope for a future. That promise of inner peace. Inner peace isn't a, an Eastern thing. It's, it didn't originate from there. No. That is one of the big things that, 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 that we get to connect with in relationship with God. It's the fact that He comes and brings us a peace beyond our comprehension, beyond our understanding, an inner peace that sustains us through the, the wildest junk that we can go through in life. He comes and fills us with peace. He comes and gives us this inner peace. That, 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 that this is what he promises us for the future. That the other thing he promises us for the future is that we can just rest in God's hope. Just rest in God's hope. That it doesn't matter what's happening politically. It doesn't matter what's happening socially, economically. It doesn't mean that we need to keep quiet about it. it. doesn't mean that we shouldn't engage in it. it. doesn't mean that we shouldn't come and do our part. No, not at all. We need to play our part. We need to play our part. It's our responsibility to play our part. However, that is not going to determine the peace that I have inside. And that is not going to determine the fact that I can rest in the fact that God has a hope and a future for me, my family, for you, your family. 
for the future. And the, that, that we can rely on the fact that, that he has a fullness of life for you and for me. And I believe that as I, I, I read that, that, that statement of, of that restoration of, a, of, of moving into a better season, that those are the things that I started to see in my, in my mind's eye, started to just sense in my heart, going, okay, Lord, you're bringing restoration in that inner peace. You're bringing restoration in just resting in God's hope, bringing about restoration in relying on his fullness of life. Let me remind you of just that promise that God made to Job, where he said, So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. My prayer for you is that you will experience that for your life. How do I do this, Ramon? I believe that the answer to that lies in pretty much verse 1 of Job, where it says that Job feared God and stayed away from evil. Vanna touched on it last week, that fear isn't anxiety in this case. That in this case, when he says that Job feared God, means that he respected God, that he esteemed God highly, that he had such admiration and love for God that he didn't want to hurt God, that he didn't want to do anything that would disappoint God. And I believe that when you and I come from that standpoint where we go, I'm going to focus on God and I'm going to honor Him with every part of my life, as best I can. Does that mean we don't mess up? No, we all mess up. We're frail, fickle human beings. We mess up. But that's not an excuse. When I mess up, I pick myself up. I repent. Sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up my best shot next time. And through that, through that, we start to see God unlocking a brand new future for you and for me. And I believe that that is how we engage with the second half of our lives being better than the first half. Now, you might be relatively young going, dude, I'm like 20. I'm not anywhere near the second half. Great. Build a good first half and trust for the same for the second. Guys and ladies, where are you at today? Are you at a place where you're looking at it and you're going, oh, Ramon, I've been through such a rough time that I so badly need this in my life. I so badly need the truth of this to become a reality in my life. Then I so want to encourage you. Take time. Focus on God. And choose to honor Him with every area of your life. And as you do, live with that filter, with that lens of the fact that He has a hope for you, that He has a future for you, and that you can view the future of your life through His hope for your life. 
that's you today, I'd like to encourage you to just pray with me this morning as we just pray this. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your blessings on my life. You've brought me to this point. And as I trust you, as I focus on you, and as I honor you, I know that the next part of my life can be even better than the best of the past. I trust you. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. If you need to reach out to us, you can do so through any of our social media platforms, Life Central Midrand. Um, other than that, trust you have a great week. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.